that we would continue to walk with you. And Lord, not just begin the race, but that we would finish the race. That all of our years, all of our days here on this earth, God, as believers, that we would be surrendered and sold out to you. Lord, help us in that process. God, use the body of Christ in the process. So that, Father, that we could know you more intimately. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and grab a seat. If you have your uh, Bible, turn to John chapter 5. We're going to get there in a moment. Um, and so I just want to, uh, like I said before, um, you know, we're starting this series today, Experiencing God. And so... Uh, the sermons are going to be kind of looking at some of the, the truths that are, are part of this study. And, um, and so the, the sermons are to be hopefully a catalyst. Um, that it's not like, hey, that's a great sermon, we'll move on. Or a bad sermon, and we'll move on. It should be, hey, that moves you to the next moment. And to the next moment. And to the next moment. That, uh, that this gives us perspective. And so... Um, a number of you, there's probably about 25 that are doing the workbook, and so, um, which is great. Um, also, in this process, I heard from a number of you that said, you know what, that's just, just, that's just daunting to me. Um, it's big, it's thick, and I don't want to do that. Um, so one of the things in, in hearing that, I um, have put together a one page that kind of pulls some of the passages that we'll, we'll be walking through through the week. Um, and so we have them out on the on the, um, the table out there. Um, I will email it to you as well. So if you forget one, um, unless I don't have your email, then send me an email and I'll, I'll get it to you. Um, but again, you know, part of what we're asking is that, is that you would take a step, wherever you're at, you know, that you would take a step forward in the process of knowing and experiencing God um, in, in new ways, okay? And so, uh, so this morning, I want to uh, ask another question. Um, over the last week, I want, you know, maybe three of you to give a specific way you have worked or that you have seen someone work. Like three specific work tasks that you have seen someone do or you have done. Chop up wood. Okay, very good. Mow grass. Unload straw bales. Anybody glad they didn't have to do that this week? So. And so work. Work is something that is part of this world. It's part of what we do. And so back in January, uh, you know, thinking back when the snow was flying, we, for the first uh, two months of this year, we started um, a series on the book of Genesis, which basically says, from the beginning, God did what? He created, he worked. God is a working God. And so the whole book of Genesis and really all the Bible lays that out. Um, since that day, he continues to work. And so Jesus Christ repeats that. And he clarifies this truth about God. That Yahweh has and is still working. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. That God is 
working. He is always working. And the question for us is, are we aware of what he is doing? And what does that look like? And so that's the theme this morning, that God works. And so in John chapter 5, the setting here is, um, uh, this is kind of one of the religious places around Jerusalem. And there's a bunch of uh, invalids there. There's a bunch of people that are sick and need healing. And the, the belief was if they got into the, into the pool that was right in front of them, before it's, when it started stirring up, they would get healed. And so the scripture says that there is many people there, but Jesus hones in on one person, a man that was paralyzed for 38 years. And he says something to this man Um, He first asks them, do you want to get healed? Um, And you can kind of go back later and look at this. We're just going to kind of glance over. Um, But then then basically Jesus says these simple words in verse 8. Jesus said to him, get up, take your bed, and walk. And the scripture says, and at once the man was healed. Those words to him were effective and healed this paralyzed man's body. And so Jesus didn't even let this guy know who he was, and the man didn't know, and so he kind of evasively moves off, and it kind of creates a stir that they, you know, he's, he's in the temple then later, and the religious leaders, you know, this is on the Sabbath, and they all know that, hey, the Sabbath, you're not supposed to do any work, and here Jesus is doing some work on the Sabbath, And so, um, in this conversation, Jesus declares this truth. And again, it's something that has always been around. Look down at verse 17. He says this. But Jesus answered them, My Father is working until now, and I am working. And so that's the truth that we need to be reminded of, that God is working, that he is always working. And Jesus even says here, the reason why I do what I do is because I am aware and in tune of what the Father is doing. I don't work independently of him. I'm just out here doing and saying, I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. That's not what Jesus does. Jesus is intimately in in tune with what God the Father is doing. And Jesus believed that God the Father was always working, and that's why he does what he does. And that's the truth that we need to be reminded of. And he goes on, and and he looked down in uh, verse 19. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do what? Nothing of his own accord. Nothing but only what he sees the Father doing. And so he says it again. The Father is working. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will be shown to him so that you may marvel. And so in this moment, he is trying to help people see that God the Father is always working. And that hasn't changed over 2,000 years. That God is working. 
He is at work. He is at work. He helps us to see that. Let me give a couple examples of places where God is at work. He's at work when you're not focused or thinking about him. He's still at work. When you are at your workplace, he is at work. When your life is not going the way you want, what's the truth? God is at work. When you're in conflict with someone in your family, a person at work or maybe a neighbor, what is the truth? God is at work. When you give in to sin, and maybe again, what's the truth? God is at work. In spite of us, he's at work. When you are sleeping, what is the truth? God is at work. When you're feeling anxious, the truth is God is at work. When you look around and see the brokenness of this world, what is the truth? Go ahead and say it. God is at work. Jesus declared that truth. The scriptures lay that out. And that's the truth that we're going to look at all this week. That God is always working. He is at work. And so the question becomes then, well, how do I see him? Because he's not, it's not as, it's, he's not always the easiest to see. What is he doing? And Jesus shares us, the, he, he gives us instruction on how we become in tune and see God's work. And flip back to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 7. This is actually the memory verse. I would encourage you, that's one of the steps I'm taking here. I have not been good at memorizing recently, and so I am going to memorize the verses that are part of this study. And uh, the first one is this one, John 15, verse 7. Uh, or verse 5, I'm sorry. And, uh, and so I've been working on this one over the last few weeks. And I'm reminded, just because I know the verse, doesn't mean I'm practicing the verse. It's much easier to know the verse than to practice the verse. And, uh, and I think that's the challenge for us. So Jesus is telling us here, how can we, um, are, how can we be in tune with and to see the way God is working? And he uses something that is part of uh, this physical world. He uses something that uh, we all understand. What does he say? Verse 5. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so I think we all get that. Here is a vine. Here's a branch. I cut it off, you know. This is not connected to the vine. Guess what? I know you've never seen a pear on a vine, but I just wanted to make the point, okay? You cannot have fruit if the branch is not connected to the vine. We get that physically, don't we? We understand so what is Jesus talking about? Well, spiritually, 
we know, we spent June and July on what? The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of walking in step with the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit that comes from Him. We don't manufacture it. It comes from remaining and being connected to the vine. To abide, to know, to remain, to stay connected to, to remain in constant contact, to communicate with, connection with one another. And so it's upward, but it's also with one another as well. And so this is kind of hard to, you know, uh, to, to get and understand. And so here's, here's the best illustration that I can, that, that I, that I, or one of the best ones. I mean, I'm sure there's probably other ones, and you can come up afterwards and tell me, Steve, why didn't you use this one? But, and, and I'll use my daughter, who is the other side of the world, okay? And so we use, uh, in order to communicate, we use WhatsApp. And so uh, I call her, and, you know, it comes up on her phone, and she, it, she hits accept. And so for five or ten minutes, you know, we talk back and forth. I can see her. She can see me. Um, and then normally, after a few minutes, I hit end call. And she hits end call because we hang up and we have things to go do. But what if, what if, instead of hitting end call, we remained on the call for the next 24 hours? That everything that we did, I mean, appropriately, breaks down. But you, we kept that call on, that it remained on, so that I could see who she's playing soccer with or talking with or what she's doing, and she could see me laying in bed, sleeping at night, and, and we remained on line, and we didn't hit end call. Now, I know you're thinking that would be really weird and bizarre from a human vantage point, but spiritually, That's what it means to remain and to abide in Christ. We don't ever hit end call. We don't get done church and say, end call. Okay, I gave you my hour, God. Now I have my time. We don't hit end call. We abide in him. We remain in him. We're constantly, God, help me to see and understand and and, and walk with you. Help me to see this moment from your vantage point. He says key words in here. In verse uh, 5, abide in me, or uh, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides or remains in me, and then the key words is, and I in him. This is a relationship that we are in tune with who God is and what he's doing in us, around us, through us, in other believers, in unbelievers. We're staying connected. And so that's exactly, Jesus is telling us, that's the way that we are in tune and see and know that God is working, what that looks like. Now understand, even as I look at you, some of you have puzzled looks on your face, and I go, I've known Christ for a long time, and even this mystery is easier to say from the front than on Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock to be abiding in Christ. And so... Rudy and I, uh, we, we prayed together, and, uh, you know, we were talking over the last couple of weeks, and I just said, you know, he was sharing a couple examples um, of what this looks like, and I said, hey, would you be willing, Rudy's going to come on up here, and uh, he's just going to give a couple practical examples of what abiding in Christ looks like, and hopefully, you all have your own examples, and so part of your conversation as a 
couple, as a family, in your life group, in your other places, is that we continually uh, talk um, about what abiding looks like. So that's all. All right. So Steve asked me this week to come up here, and I, I felt like, you know, we just read the scripture, but I'm going to read it to you one more time here. Uh, John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me, and I in him, as he that bears much fruit. For apart me, from me, you can do nothing. So the question Steve asked me was, would you like to share some examples of how you're abiding in Christ? And it's real easy to turn that into a works-based, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I think, you know, I'll admit, when last two weeks ago, when he asked you guys to stand up there doing the local ministries, the prison, outdoors ministry, I was like a little bit jealous, you know, I'm like, well, why am I doing that right now, you know? So a lot of things have been going through my mind, and, um, but when I read this scripture, I feel like what Steve was asking me was, how is your relationship with Jesus Christ? Um, we, anytime I've ever asked anybody that, usually I get nothing back, because it makes you really examine yourself. Um, that's what abiding is. He says, if you go back to 15, he says, whoever abides in me and I in him. They're talking about a relationship. He's talking about a relationship there. So I don't want to turn this into a works-based, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. It's what did I hear from God because I'm abiding in him that he chose me to do this or that. There's a big difference. We can all do good things every day and not be walking with Christ. I don't want to get that mixed up. So, yeah, I was a little jealous when I thought, you know, I'm not really serving in a local ministry. God just has me in a different place in life right now. He really does. And he's, even before I started reading this book that we're reading now, Everything I'm reading about is like the same stuff that he's been telling me for two months. Get your eyes on me. There's sin that's got to go. It's just, it's just a constant um, renewal ship of our relationship. And I got to get myself out of the way. I'm seeing that, that I have to stop relying on my own strength. So um, how am I abiding in my everyday walk? How am I listening? I got to get myself out of the way and let Jesus get in the front. And I've got to start just being on everyday mission with where he has me in life. I can't go out and do other missionary work or in this church until I can get things right right around me, and that's with my family. Um, with Lauren and I have really um, tried our best to raise our girls in the Lord. It can be frustrating at times. Sometimes you're like, well, they get it, and then the next time you're, like, talking to that wall right there. And <laughs> it's frustrating, but we just have to keep, keep hard in it. Um, Every single night, I pray with my kids, and they hear the gospel every single night. And again, sometimes they look at me like, okay, I'm getting this. Another, I, that's just what I'm going to keep doing. Every night, they're going to hear the gospel when we pray. And I was telling Steve, I said, I'm getting ready to start school again. I just feel like life's crazy. And he said, and it's sometimes it takes somebody else talking to you because I can't see what's going on. But he said, Rudy, he said, you're, you're adamantly telling me every night that you guys, you guys eat dinner together every night. And I'm like, you're right. We do. We spend about an hour at the dinner table every night. Um, we're very, Lauren and I are very passionate about that and talking to our kids and listening to what's going on in their lives. And we have Bible time and memory verse time as well when we're doing that. So I got to get things right that are right around me before I can start doing things other places. Um, so the other spheres of life that I, I'm dealing with is another family thing is I've noticed my parents getting older. Um, the fifth commandment is to honor your mother and father. We teach our kids that all the time, but how am I doing with that? Um, I've had to pray this year a lot about that. There's some fickleness that goes on <laughs> and whatnot. My sister's back there. She can vouch. Um, but 
at the end of the day, I have to honor my parents, and that's something I feel like God, too, has been using me a lot more in. We can just easily forget the little things around us that he's calling us in. Yesterday, I spent my whole day serving serving them, not because I'm doing works, because I listen to the Lord and what the scriptures are telling me. I just, I got to keep working on that. Um, Steve loves to hear my work stories. <laughs> I never feel like I'm doing much there, but I tell Steve, and he's like, that's great, but... Um, I would say back in my younger days, you know, when I worked at the brick plant and whatnot, I, I had a lot of opportunities to witness, and I screwed a lot of them up because I didn't listen, and I just wanted to speak right away, like really, um, what's the word I'm looking for, apologetically, just come right back at somebody with something. And I've learned, you know, just as I mature in life to sit and listen, and maybe, even, maybe even take a month or two or a day or three or pray about it. Um, so I got blindsided a couple <laughs> Probably about a month ago, a guy just, he came up to me and he goes, here's a scripture, and he whips his cell phone out. And it was um, 1 Peter 4, 8. It says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, for love covers a multitude of sins. And I'm like, and he just kind of walked away, and I'm like, why did he show me that scripture? And we have different views on things, for sure, and we've had those discussions before, and even our worldviews and our views on Christ and the Bible were different. My instant reaction was I wanted to say, oh, you're, you're just going to tell me that love is love. That's, that's where we're going to go with this. But I kept my mouth shut, and I prayed. And I didn't really want to have the conversation with him again, but I had to work with him on a weekend, which I normally don't work with this guy. It was just the two of us there. But somebody gave up their weekend, and I had to work a different weekend. And I'm like, eh, I'm not doing it. I'm not having this conversation. And my wife, like, is the worst texter in the world. <laughs> it's like texting that wall. You never get anything back. But she texts me that day, and she goes, I've just been praying all day that your conversations will be meaningful. I'm like, oh. So I, I talked to this guy, and I said, hey, uh, you gave me a scripture like a month ago back. I said, what did you think that meant? And he shared with me, and I said, he's like, you know, at the end of the day, I really don't know. I said, I think I do know. I said, I hope you're not trying to say that this scripture means that if we love the way we think love should be, that we can override the fact that the blood of Jesus is the only way to cover our sins. And he's like, well, that's kind of where I was going. I'm like, no, there's no, there's no other way but Jesus Christ. Um, he appreciated it. So we can trust God, and that's what I'm getting at here. It's not my works. It's I'm abiding because I, lit, I wanted to listen to what God had me to do. And just uh, like a week ago, another work, work story talked to a guy Monday morning. I said, how was your weekend? He went to a baptism. This guy's not really a church going, just kind of not really a Christian type. And he's like, yeah, this church, you know, I, it was down in Indiana somewhere. It was called New New Vision, New Hope, one of those newer names. And not what I'm used to, he said, but about halfway through the baptism, he said, I, I, I leaned over to my wife. And I said, I've got this place pegged. It's a bunch of recovering alcoholics and drug addicts. I can just tell. <laughs> and I'm like, I looked at him. And I just went back to my workbench, and, like, it's just, I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do here? And um, he brought the scripture to mind that it's not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick. So I got the scripture out, and I went back up to him. And I said, have you ever heard this scripture before? And he's like, no. I said, do you understand what that means? I said, those people there are living the way we all should. They're the sinners that actually, and they've repented. You can see the lifestyle change. I said, that's why they're there. Um, they love Jesus, and they've changed their lives. And he's like, oh, thanks for clearing that up. But Anyways, and then just this week, too, um, I have the gift of encouragement, so I love to encourage people, and I just got to encourage another fellow worker. He has the gift of faith, and I see it working in his life all the time, and I got to 
just feed into that. And I said, you, you have the gift of faith. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, but anyways, it's all about the relationship with Christ. That's what abiding is. It's not what we do. It's just what he tells us to do. He even says he doesn't do anything unless the Father tells him. But mainly I'm just listening. Um, God's got to weed some stuff out in my life. And I think I can view that as a negative thing, that, but it's, it's been great that he's been, he's been working in, in, in those areas that I can see. I blew it. I can stand up here and say, I'm, I just blew it Saturday night, big time. I, I shared with Alan a little bit, I, and my wife knows, and she's like, you blew that situation. I'm like, praise God that we're seeing this and talking about it, and it's not just like something that I, you know, so for everything I do right, I do 20 things wrong, I can promise you. And so thank you for listening to me. So the response here, and this is what in the context, um, you know, part of abiding um, impacts and influences the way we pray. And so the response here is um, just as, as, we, as we pray. And so down in verse 7, he says it again. He repeats. Jesus says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So this is not a blank check. Whatever you tell God to do, he'll do it. No. You need to abide in Christ. And when we abide in Christ and we allow the word of God and the truth of God to shape and guide our circumstances and the thing, the way we pray is going to be more godlike instead of give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And so... That's the response. Down in verse 16, he says this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. And again, he's saying the same thing. As we abide in Christ, the way we pray and how we pray and what we pray for is going to be influenced by the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the people of God, and, and, and what we're looking for, okay? So here's what we're going to do. I'm just going to, I'm going to give you a couple, uh, we're going to not fully end, but um, just in the area of prayer. And so as I mentioned these things, uh, you can pray personally. Um, I would invite two, if it's something that you, um, you know, one or two of you, if you want to, you can pray um, out loud. Um, and, and lead the body in that as well if you would like to. Um, but either way, we're going to just spend a few moments um, in prayer as a response. Okay? And so uh, let's just start here by go ahead and ask God to show you and to grow you in abiding in Go ahead and thank God for scripture that he has been bringing to mind or using um, in your heart, in your life. Um, go ahead and thank him for the scripture that he has been using.
Ask God to open your heart and your mind uh, to see him more clearly all the day long. One of the things Jesus instructed us to pray is, your kingdom come, your will be done. And ask God, is there any way that you need to surrender to his will instead of doing your own will? invite the worship team to come back up and uh, I'm going to pray and you want to that you are you are the vine and we are the branches Lord it's not the, it's not the other way around um, Lord we thank you for what you're doing in our lives and we're willing to just render listen Lord and just accept your plan for our lives Lord and it starts with knowing you Lord we hear all the time that we need to have a personal relationship with you. Those exact words are not found in Scripture, Lord. It, it is true, um, Lord, that you say we have to abide in you and you and us to have what we have, Lord. And um, we love you. We thank you for this time. We pray that all the praise would uh, be raised up to you, Lord, and that you would be seated on high and um, that we would acknowledge you for that, Lord. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I've carried a burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. I see it now. I'm laying it down, and I know that. 